Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Ending the Course and uh, the Curse. And I am your host, uh, Father Michael Birdsong. Joining us tonight is uh, Vic Cremanson and David Griffith and J.J. Johnson. Uh, we are fondly known as the Paranormal Dork Crew, but uh, they've graciously decided to join me this evening on Ending the Curse. And we always have something to talk about and and then but on this on this podcast we have decided to talk about the hard things and uh we'll, we'll we will be talking about one of those this evening so let us get started right now uh gentlemen how are you this evening doing, doing as well. well as i deserve to doing well that's wonderful <clears throat> well let me let me let me start out this evening uh by reading a quote that I came up with several years ago. And the quote is one of the biggest mistakes of when it comes to the book of Revelation or Apocalypse is that Christians make Christianity complicated. Now, what do you think about that? I'm going to stop right there and let y'all give some insight on that quote and, 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 and think about for just a moment how we the disciples we the followers make christianity complicated i totally make everything complicated so <laughs> that's just daily life for me i overanalyze it i overthink it there you, you go. name it Overcomplication. i'm your guy well it's not just christians i think that People in general make their convictions complicated because at heart we are complex, but even more when you're coming to a realm of faith, there are hundreds of thousands of interpretations of possibilities. You mix politics into play where you're, you know, you have power dynamics involved and all of these things lovely human characteristics just make the pot all that much more turbulent but if you look at ancient judaism you had four at least four distinct uh sects that were going on and christianity how many times has it been divided because of a uh, an interpretation matter uh you know the catholics uh well, the orthodox put from the catholics and then of course you have the protestants that came along i think back in the 90s the last count of the total number of protestant denominations was in the 600 some odd and i'm sure that has only exponentially increased mm. since then yep. so yeah, I mean, but even just giving that away, if you're looking at it from the vein of Revelation, which is to me the most abused book in the Christian New Testament, yes. it just escalates from there. Well, I am I am 100% happy that you just said <clears throat> everything that you just said, and and. Well, I'll I'll go what, back a long way even before JJ. Normally goes back. I'll go back to Diogenes, uh, whose favorite, my favorite quote of his is, "Humans have complicated every simple gift of the gods." Exactly. So right. this is this is nothing new. Exactly <laughs> right. Diogenes was way back, but 
Well, even even Solomon said that there was there's nothing different under the sun. So we've been facing the same thing forever. But one one of one of the greatest things that JJ just said, and, and one of my pet peeves is when someone calls the book of the Revelation revelations. <laughs> that just flies all over me for some reason. <laughs> It's, it's really, really I common mean, to hear wow. that, too. I mean, come on, guys. If, if we're going to quote the book, let's just name it the right book. But, but let's look at what the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ is. And until the 1800s, the book of the revelation was just that. It was the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ revealed to St. John to encourage him and the saints while he was in prison on the exile island called Patmos. And for anyone that really don't know, that book was written around the year 95 AD. AD. And, uh, but, but the apocalyptic book or the last things, um, this book was actually affirmed by the early church fathers. Now, if, if, uh, if uh, you guys remember what I said earlier in some of our other episodes and on other podcasts, if, if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't speak, if it's not in the scriptures, we go to the early church fathers. And, and this book... It w- it's so important that w- that it was affirmed by Justin. It was affirmed by Arianus, Clement of Exa- uh, Clement of Alexandria, and Tertullian, and by the entire tradition of the Church from the second century forward. And so, so when 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 everybody thinks of this book per se, one of the things that that always comes up is the last days. Now, the last days is not the topic of tonight, and I will get to the topic very shortly, but if you guys will indulge me for just a moment, I want to, I want to discuss what last days really means, and, and we can talk about that as well. But in the Scripture, in Hebrews chapter 1, Verses 1 and 2. It says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophecies at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, excuse me, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also be made the universe. And then we see at Pentecost, St. Peter proclaiming the same thing about these last days had now been fulfilled, as spoken by the prophet Joel, which said, And afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Well, we just read this uh, in our last episode about dreams. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days. In in, in 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 meaning in these last days. So so the last days, if you will, 
or the end times properly understood, it refers to the new covenant. The last days or the end times, it, it, it refers to the day of the Lord, if you will, or the gathering together of God's people in the church, which is on earth, the seed in the beginning of the kingdom. And so with that being said, you have to, you have to kind of think about it this way. Here in the South, and, and you guys know what I'm talking about, we say a lot in the last few days, right? In, in most conversation, we'll, we'll bring up, well, you know, in these last few days. Well, in the Holy Scripture, if read correctly, it means the same thing most of the time. They're, it, they're talking about these last days or these or these or this event that's been happening they're over talking a period the, of time the recent time that we remember exactly. well yeah exactly <clears throat> so so peter and i disagree with you on that one yes sir <laughs> i'm not trying to be contentious i swear no, to god no no this um, is what this is about no so i would say that that is one possible valid interpretation but you cannot deny the apocalyptic setting. Oh, yeah. We're going to get there, yes. yes. Okay. Because when you say in, in the last days, there was... there. So Christianity did not invent the apocalypse. The apocalypse has been around for thousands of years. Exactly. Uh, for as long as humans will be on this earth... There will always be people proclaiming that, yep, this is the end of days. And we saw the same thing in Judaism. And uh, after the second temple fell, or even after the first temple fell, there was this idea that the waters, which represent chaos, are going to come back and swarm over the land. Right. And especially in Revelation, you see this spelled out most clearly by it naming the sensual figure that will bring that about. Now, the King James Version, goodness help us, completely <laughs> mistranslated this as it did most things. And because this is, again, you have to remember this is scholarship that came around in the 1600s. Um, right. But it translated this as six 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 where really it is a name and it is Nidon Kasa or Nero Caesar because he was viewed as the antithesis to Christianity. Anyway, I will stop there. No, 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 no. I and and, and I'm glad that you said that because I, I wanna I wanna clear it up. First and foremost, I want to totally agree with you. Uh but the, the, the point that I'm trying to make in the last days that I'm talking about right now is a misinterpretation of or a wrong attitude toward the book of the Revelation. Gotcha. And so so, so Peter, what Peter was proclaiming, it, he was proclaiming that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel in these last days, the word of the Lord has been fulfilled. Okay, so he's he's talking about the events that happened when they were in the upper room, getting ready for the day of Pentecost. In these in these in these last few days, in their preparation, so to speak, the word of the Lord had been fulfilled. 
and see and see so so now so now i want to go to the topic of tonight that has nothing okay it has nothing to do with the book of the revelation especially when people say that we're in the last days because unfortunately um and i know oh god y'all forgive me i know i am going to upset a lot of dispensationalists but say that five times fast i heard that (laughs) but 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 this has to be said and it has to be addressed because because we don't want to fulfill the scripture of the prophet Hosea where he says my people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge and we do not want people or followers of Christ to follow some doctrine that is only 200 years old that was deemed heretical and goes totally against the church fathers and goes totally against the Holy Scriptures. And so so after the day of Pentecost, and Peter proclaims in these last days, this has been fulfilled. Okay, so then, then around the 1800s came a gentleman by the name of John Nelson Darby. He was an Anglican priest that left the church or basically driven out. And then he became one of the Plymouth Brethren. The Plymouth Brethren was a very hard church. It was a very hard doctrine. They were, they were totally law. And then somewhere along the line, he came along, invented this doctrine called the rapture. And that is the topic of this evening. And like I said, I am, I am going to apologize if I offend anyone. But it's our duty to discuss the hard things on this podcast like it's designed for and bring out the truth and so if we're going to follow this new doctrine we must note that first that this teaching had never been discussed in the early church it had never been discussed in the in the church fathers for 1830 years for almost 2000 years this teaching had never never been discussed and actually John Darby left the Anglican Church as a heretic they pinned him as a heretic and then and then he came up with this and the Plymouth brethren even tried to reach out to him and said John you're going down the wrong road what are you talking about but in 30 plus ministry 30 years plus ministry i've never been asked about that and the reason in and, and, and i've never discussed it because 
mostly I'm more concerned about showing and giving people the, the gospel of Christ. And frankly, in the early church, there were never such teachings about it. So let me, let me, let me begin by saying this. And, and, and then I'll open this up for discussion. But we must let the people listening know that this teaching is, is, is not going to be about who's right and who's wrong. And, and, and when I bring about the subject of who's right and who's wrong, it, it reminds me of John Wesley and George Whitfield. These two gentlemen changed our continent. When they arrived on the East Coast, they went from Savannah to New York and preached the gospel. But there's several things that even though they were together, they were in the same holy group together. They were in the same school together. They learned how to do one thing in which I think that the five of us do very well. We can agree to disagree. Okay. And I want our listeners to understand that you too can agree to disagree with everything I say tonight, but their main focus was on Christ and him crucified and him glorified. And that's why we're effective in bringing, that's why they were effective in bringing Christ to America. But when one speaks of the term rapture, it opens the door for the study of eschatology. And eschatology is a study of the last four things in theology. And JJ, you can back me up on this. But the last four things in theology is, is death, judgment, heaven, and hell. And that flies in the face of the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Because that's not what this book is about. And nowhere in the Bible does the term rapture exist. But in here's where it all began. In 1948, when Israel became a state, and in the 1970s, fueled by the book by the name of Raptured, and then in the late 90s, the Left Behind series fueled this heretical movement all the more. I mean, it just it just really, really blew up because see, John John Darby he started doing a little bit of homework about Israel and started seeing how Israel failed so many times and how God turned His back on Israel. But then all of a sudden we got all these Gentiles born again, right? Well, and so he he figured, okay, something is about to happen here, and then and then all of a sudden. All of a sudden, he comes up with this, okay, so maybe when the Gentiles begin to fail, God will, have, God will take us away and save us from tribulation so that we don't have to go through the same thing as the Jews did. So this whole teaching about that is, is heresy. If you look at it correctly, and everybody likes to quote the book of Thessalonians, which I'll get there uh, in, in a little while, but let's just stop right there and, and let everybody chime in. I just want to say, but James Cameron, 
or whatever that actor's <laughs> name. Come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> How could he be wrong? <laughs> Isn't James Cameron the Titanic guy? Uh, oh, he sucks too. Uh, whatever <laughs> that he he was he name. was. No, no James Titanic Cameron guy, was the. Too, uh, he was an actor from um, <clears throat> uh, one of those childhood shows. What was the name of that? JJ, you remember it? Uh, Growing Paint? No, it's not Growing Pains. It's uh, one of those. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, it was it was not a bad movie, but I I feel like I am I am totally failing in in my role as the the token Protestant of the group. Um. You know, I just assumed it was in there. <laughs> oh, did you really? <laughs> you know, I I have I I honestly do not remember where I first heard about the rapture. I know I heard about it. Oh, I did too and growing I'm up. Yeah. Sure, it was discussed in church or something. I but I can't pinpoint it and I honestly I have no idea. But you know, I went and looked it up when you said this is what you're going to do the show, and I'm like, sure enough, nope, it's not in Revelation. And well, okay, well, I, <laughs> well, well, you I've got nothing you, to back it up with. I, you, I, I got nothing. No, but but you did back it up by what you just said, but you backed up the different point of view, right? And right. see, and see, that's the point. We have so many people, and 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 this. You know, this is why I said this podcast needs to discuss the hard things. Because this subject will, man, it can cause a riffraff. But uh, so many people take what they hear as the gospel and not look for themselves. Just because some backwood preacher that has no education says this, they're going to believe it and not look it up for themselves. The followers oh. of Christ need to learn how to study the scripture themselves as well and, and not be swayed by hearsay. Does that make sense to you? It does, but one of the one of the issues, especially now, is with the internet. You're getting so it used to be that word would travel much more slowly, right. and so you would have entire sects or or individual denominations that would believe this is the day. And then, of course, that day never came. Right. And then they would keep spending excuses of, oh, well, we just got the calculation wrong, blah, blah, blah. And then they would recalculate it. And so, and those sects are still going, amazingly oh, yeah. enough. Uh, but now, with the internet, like in the last four months, there was some bizarre calculations going on of oh it's going to be september 13th oh no 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 it's going to be october 15th no 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 and it just keeps going over and over and over again and you talking about recently 
Yeah, recently. There was an entire spate of these things going on where half of TikTok was just absolutely convinced that on some day in late September, the rapture was happening right then and there. Well, let me ask a question. Sorry. Bad timing. <laughs> um, what do you think is the drive to make those mathematical calculations concerning this? I mean, if you're if you know your Bible, one thing it does say in the Bible is, "No man no knows man the date knows and the, the time. Day. Not even yeah. the Son. Only the Father knows knows the date and the time." Uh, and I and he ain't telling. <laughs> what well, 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 CV? You just made the whole point. Christ said, no man knows the day except the Father. Mm -hmm. So if anyone says this is going to happen this day, well, you can just go ahead and label them ignorant or well, I, a heretic. I, I tend to think that people who want to make a date are trying to get other people to follow them they're trying to gain power within a group of people he's got the right knowledge he's got the secret knowledge i could be wrong about that that's not a very charitable view there probably have been people who felt like they've had personal revelation as to when this was going to happen but they surely don't seem to be very good at looking at history exactly well and there's such a a need to believe that and this is only i'm not saying that this is the pinnacle of mistaken belief uh you have entire paranormal communities out there that see a video of someone claiming oh my gosh there's a giant on top of this mountain and hundreds of thousands of people believe that even though it was the most plain hoax in the world even the guy who said it eventually came out and said okay look i'm sorry people still want it to believe or the the door in oregon which is right next to a road that someone said oh giants live behind that door people were going nuts over that it is there is a true thirst to believe and one of the problems is that there has been a, uh, I don't think it's a recent door, it's always been there, but there is a group of people out there who need to feel special. And yeah. they will latch on to anything that is quote unquote secret in order to give them that specialness. Flat earth theory falls into this category. Hollow earth theory falls into this category. And it just keeps going on. No matter how much evidence there is against it, it's still going to happen. So, and yeah, and that is absolutely not a charitable view, and it's something that saddens me to my core, but it is a facet of human nature, especially when we come a group of people that we have to deal with and we have to be quick to point out, not because it makes us feel special for saying you're wrong, but we want to illuminate. Well, with, with you saying that it... It kind of it kind of leads me to to the next little part, uh, uh, when, especially when you said uh, these type of people that we have to look out for and and, and point out. I mean, 
John Darby, you could say, was the first Bob Jones. He was the first one to give out Kool-Aid. So, uh, I mean, but it was about, it, it was about 1830 when Mr. Darby began teaching that Christ coming at the end of time would be replaced by a rapture of the saints. And that was all because of him uh, thinking that the, the Gentiles would follow the same road of the Jews and go through terrible tribulation times. But, but see, even his own brotherhood, he was in the Plymouth Brotherhood by then, and they, and, and they tried to reason with him how that was not biblically sound. But he, 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 he dismissed any criticism. He, he dismissed the correction. He, dis, he dismissed the rebuke. And he stated that it was shown to him by God. So he left that group too. All right, so he's already left the Anglicans. He's already left the Plymouth Brotherhood. And so then he went on to uh, different travels in Europe and America where his views became very influential and see by the time he got to america we were still a very young nation and we had rejected england and so we as the the upcoming birth church in north america we we bought right into this heretical teaching and so and so here is the here is here is the verse that he used and here's the verse that is so quoted incorrectly and it's from first thessalonians and see and see in in that the the earliest christians they they were eagerly awaiting jesus's return you know and and they wasn't, did wasn't not want paul, to wasn't paul actually writing that to yes. kind of soothe people who were saying, "Hey, well, how come Jesus isn't here yet?" Well, exactly right, and, and see that's that's why this was <clears throat> written because because the people in Thessalonica they were the oldest Christians, okay, mm -hmm. and see and see, but 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 they still had ties to paganism, and they thought that things of the air were were bad things and 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 cursed and things like that and paul was telling them no no that's not the case but the people took that verse out of thessalonians or darby did and turned it into this rapture teaching the the yes paul was trying to tell them christ is coming back there will be a new earth, there will be a new heaven, and we will be together. And he said, the dead in Christ, <coughs> listen to me very closely of what Paul was saying, the dead in Christ will rise, right? That's the true, that's the, if you want to use the term rapture, that's the true awakening. That's the true rising up is when man is cleansed and made free from the bondage of sin and and their bodies raised and joined with Christ in glory. There is no there is no first rapture, there is no first tribulation or second tribulation. 
There is there is none of this mess, okay? Well, there's the the section uh, what I I did find mm-hmm. in Revelation 3:10 where it talks about removing them before the hour of uh what does it say here? Because you've kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing, the hour which is right. about to come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell upon the earth. The The problem with that, <clears throat> and then I want to hear your opinion of it. He's talking to a specific church at that he's time. He's only yes. talking yes. to one church. Right. Mm-hmm. This is right. not to all believers, Right. which does not make sense for the whole rapture idea right. right well what 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 he's talking about uh, is it is it the church i don't have anything in front of me is message it the, to philadelphia is it is a Philad- that's what i was about to say it, it sounds like the, it sounds like the letter to philadelphia and if i had time maybe we can do this one day but i've done a whole teaching on this book and in in in, in the scripture that you just quoted is is very important but what he was telling philadelphia he was telling them Look, there's, 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 I got some good things about you. I got some bad things about you. And, and, and these bad things have got to be corrected. And so, and so before you, before, uh, unless you correct these things, that's what he's talking about. If these things are not corrected, you're going to go through some hard times. You're going to go through some tribulations. And so and so I'm telling you these things so you can correct them so that you will not have to go through this. That's what he's talking about. Let me see if I can hmm. Let me see if I can get to it. Well, one of the passages that people point to a lot, <clears throat> and I actually very much like the passage, but there are a lot of biblical passages I like just because of the the poetry, the way they sound <laughs> in, in my ears. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't guess there's anything wrong with that, but <clears throat> the passage is from Matthew. You know, Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. And there's no information there about which one is which. I mean, it's just always the assumption that the uh, the righteous man in the field will be taken and the sinner will be will remain. But it doesn't tell you that. I'm sorry. I, I was I was I was muted. You didn't yeah, hear. Yeah. Okay, I'm here. Did you hear what I did you hear what I talked about? Yeah, I uh-huh. mean, I'm, I mean, I, 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 I mean, it, he, he he see Christ, you got to remember Christ spoke in a lot of hyperboles too. Right. Yes, of course. He spoke in a lot of parables. He told he told he and, told stories and, to get yeah. moral points across to people. Right. And in in that case he was he was actually also he was talking along the lines of the virgins as well yes mm-hmm. and so he's not talking about somebody just going to disappear no okay 
I mean, want to be want to be in the field, want to be gone away. I mean, and, and see, all that came from Mr. Darby as well. That that and, and see, that's that's. I mean, even even the whole crazy Left Behind series, which I've never which I've never crap. seen, I've never watched. I mean, I'd never watched them either. I saw one scene on YouTube, and I said, "This is Harry." <laughs> <laughs> but people were in an airplane and all of a sudden there's nothing left but clothing there. I'm like, oh my God, this is crazy as I'll get out. But 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 that those verses are basically the same thing as the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. You have these virgins, the hour had come for them to beat their groom. <clears throat> the groom, Christ. Christ. And so they leave out, well, Five of them have enough oil to fill their lamps. Five of them don't. Okay? And so when the five of them that didn't prepare, you with me? Oh, yeah. They asked the wise vir virgins, hey, let us have some of your oil. And the wise virgin says, if we give you our oil, we won't have enough. You should have been prepared. And so, so that's the message that Christ is trying to tell everyone in the scripture that you just quoted yeah there will be some in the field and some gone there'll be one doing this and there'll be some doing that because because they were not prepared they were not they were not ready and and well the bottom line is we we just got to be ready but but listening to crazy stinking thinking doctrine is not going to make us ready. You know, I didn't even know the concept of the rapture probably till I was 20. Mhm. Mm it didn't even enter my my world. It's not something that my family ever talked about and when I read the Bible I never saw the word rapture. Uh I might have heard kids at school talking about it, but it didn't interest me enough to, to research it. So it was a long time before I even became aware that many people thought of the world as being such that at one day, some big portion of people will simply disappear. Uh-huh. And what sense does that make to you right now? What sense does it make to me right now? Mm-hmm. None particularly at all. And see, and, see, and see, that's you're exactly right because because Paul is stating in this verse in Thessalonians that everybody loves to quote. He states that the dead will rise first, and then we, the living, will be caught up or altered <clears throat> to join those coming. Okay, now let me put that in correct context. Mm -hmm. For instance. That's why we pray to our Father. Mm -hmm. Thy kingdom, what? Come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you want to talk about a rap, that's the true rapture. That's the true getting caught up. That's the true pinnacle of the whole point <clears throat> to where heaven and earth meet together that is the point that St. Paul is trying to make 
That's the point that he's trying to make to the church of Thessalonica. We meet heaven. We have things right now. As it was in the beginning is, is what now and ever shall be, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's the glory of Patria. Glory be, to, I, mean, I mean, as it was in the beginning, it's now and, and will sh shall ever be. But, but anyway, the, the, true, the true meeting for right now on earth is at the celebration of the Holy Mass. That is when we as the church meet heaven and we join together in a great feast. The next great feast will be when Christ comes as King of glory and brings us to him, the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, and we're joined together. And see, but, but Darby wanted to put all this mixture in the middle of the whole thing and complicate everything, and that's the point to where we get a lot of crazy doctrine these days and it's because of that doctrine that started in the 1800s that caused it that has caused so many false prophecies that we look at today so many false religions and and people buy into it because they don't study the scripture for themselves didn't darby become associated with moody at some point later on? I don't think so because Darby was in the 1830s. I think Moody... No, no. Okay, go ahead. I think Moody was in the early 1900s. <clears throat> but, I mean, they Dar they even wrote a Bible... A Bible. ...after yeah. Darby, and even the Schofield Bible. Mm -hmm. And the, 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 the Scripture context... Is still okay, but they they put all kind of extra doctrine in there that is is heresy. All right, so so let's talk about then the broader context. Okay. So so the end times, the apocalypse. You're you're talking about the second coming. Christ comes, the dead are raised, right? He gathers together all the faithful. Then what? Then what? Then what? I don't know. Well, There's nothing there. So all of these terrible events that are I can give you my interpretation. in Revelation. Right. Are these things that are supposed to happen or not? There are several different views. Well, actually, there are three different views. Uh, JJ, I'm going to need your education on this. Uh, there is a part of the uh, book of the Revelation that is that was for that time there's a part of it which is what's it called the predator pre, jj what's the word i'm looking for starts with a p um 
Uh, on my crater, street. Uh, in, in other words, David, there's there there's in, in the book of Revelation. If you read it correctly, word by word, verse by verse, and you know the rest of the scripture. Pre-tribulation some was in the past, some was in the present at that time, mm -hmm. and then part of it was in the future. Okay. And 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 there's there's different there's different things there uh, that people have taken out of context, but actually actually is um, that talks about Mary being pregnant with Christ, uh, the the reign of Christ in the future of Christ. And then it, it does talk about beasts, but it's talking about different wars. And most of those things are things that, that had already happened that Christ had conquered. You really so, don't you really don't get into the future future events until the latter part of the book where Christ is ultimately victorious over all things. The book so, of the Revelation, you have to remember this is about one thing. The book of the Revelation is a revelation of Jesus Christ to John. And Christ is revealing to John from Genesis to that time when he was on the Isle of Patmos. So you're saying that the trials and tribulation and all of the plagues and death and destruction that is mentioned in Revelation is all historic? Yes and no. He speaks okay. of what was, speaking of the, the the plagues and everything in Egypt, but yes, there there he is also talking about plagues and wars. I mean, even in the Gospels, Christ talks about wars and rumors of wars, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, those those things are going to continue to happen. Yes, but the, the ultimate part of the whole book is even though we're going to go through those things just like we went through them in the past, the bride will be victorious no matter what. Why can we say that? Because Christ said the gates of hell will not what? Prosper against the kingdom of God. See, the, the, see, the, the so whole... The whole there the whole, is no concept. You have no concept then of after Christ returns of a gathering of the faithful and yes. a continued suffering of the unfaithful. Correct. You're saying Christ returns, everybody's gathered in, judgment happens, exactly. the end. Exactly. There is JJ, is that how you read it? I would agree with that. I would even throw in there that even though the book refers to seven seals that are being opened, to me that is all 
Um, symbolism that describes the same exact event happening in seven different ways. To, to, so, I'll get into that a little bit later. I don't want to interject now, but yeah. Yeah, but the but I'm talking about the uh, all of the suffering that's described in there. Now, keep in mind, I didn't have time to read Revelation today. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> so I've read Revelation maybe ten times, David, and I don't understand any more about it after the tenth time reading it than the first time reading it. You see, you see, that's that that that's that's one of the points that I was trying to make at, at uh, the very beginning. In in thirty plus years of pastoral ministry, guys, I have only been asked one time about this. And and but here recently, I had been asked many times, and it's because of all kind of crazy doctrines coming up, and and. And I have to always go back, look, this this teaching did not exist until about 200 years ago. And But I always tell people, look, it doesn't matter. If you're in Christ, why are you even worried about it? Yeah, I mean, you can say it doesn't matter, but that doesn't change the oh, yeah. discussion about no, the. No, you're 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 exactly right. Right, the but, concept. You see, see, even 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 in the seals that JJ were just just mentioned, a lot of those seals that were broken revealed the deity, the birth in the reign of Christ. And and that is what is most important above it all. I mean we we even we even hear about oh lord. Uh y'all got me unprepared tonight. <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of I mean, but 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 even 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 when the book of Revelation talks about this queen that 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 gave birth in the twelve stars and all that, I mean that's that is speaking of the book of Isaiah and the fulfillment of Mary being the queen of heaven, giving birth to Christ in talking about the seven spirits of God, which is very important. But like I said, I don't, I don't have my notes in front of me, and I'm not a great theologian. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not J.J., but, but, but see, all those things. I'm not J.J. either. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not J.J. But, but, well, I'll be J.J. JJ tonight. Okay, you be J.J. <laughs> but but the, 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 the point that I'm trying to make is even, even within the seals, I mean, in, in the fourth chapter, I think, right after when Christ has spoken to the churches, John says, and I, John, uh, on the Lord's day, He says, I was caught up into heaven. And then he goes on to say where the, the, the strong angel brought the, the, 
the scroll of God in in no no one no one in heaven no one on earth no one below the earth were was worthy to open the seals now see this is what the book is really all about and John said and I began to weep much and the strong angel said no 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 see see that you do not do that for the lion of the tribe of Judah is worthy open the seals and see that's when John had the vision the first vision in the book of Revelation about well not the first one but he he he, he started having these other visions about the lamb being slain before the foundation of the world in all heaven was echoing holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come and then right after that he goes into all the seals to show where the law and the prophets had been fulfilled and then he even goes on from there and then yes he does talk about trials and in, in tribulations and in, in things that we're going to go through but he ends every bit of that David with a promise and see that's why even Saint Paul can say take joy in your trials and tribulations take take what joy knowing that it produces patience and patience character and, and we get all this fruit but in the book of Revelation he's saying we're going to go through these things but hey hey because of me, you're going to be victorious. Because of me, the bride is going to meet the groom. Because of me, on the last day, when I come in glory, okay, we're going to, that's when, that's when John says he saw, he saw a new Jerusalem, a new city coming down. And so, and so you asked the question earlier, okay, when Christ comes back, what's going to happen? Well, to answer that question, David, you have to go all the way back to Genesis. There well, will be there will be a new Eden. I'm glad you there, brought up be that a, one. a new place. I'm glad you brought up that one go quote. For it. Go for um, it. Holy, holy, holy. That and uh -huh. uh, I know that you had asked us before what our favorite biblical quotation is and if i had to go for an individual quote it is definitely isaiah 6 which you find that and that is you know and it's the most elegant hebrew that i know kadosh 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 adonai sabaoth mm -hmm. holy 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 is the lord god of hosts um i will say that in addition to what you're saying the one wrong-headed thing that always kills me about the book of Revelation is that people utilize it as if it's a practical field guide right oh yeah we should we should never use a barcode because that's the mark of the beast no Man, oh people, my gosh people thought face no. masks were the mark of the beast too so 
everything is the mark of the beast or you know oh let's take the number 144,000 and make that an absolute literal interpretation and that's the max number of people that's ever going to be in heaven okay well, well let's ta take a step back for a second are you saying that there will not be a mark of the beast I'm saying if it is we'd only know it in retrospect because isn't part of the scripture that you will know the mark that you are taking when you take it? The mark of the beast. Now, I can only give you my interpretation, okay? I'm not saying, thus says the Lord. However, in the Holy Scripture, St. Paul speaks about a time of the great apostasy. Okay, that mark of the beast that to, to me, that means a total walking away from God, a total denial. That is the mark. Those those that do not believe have taken on the mark of the beast. Those that do not believe or refuse to believe has taken on the spirit of Antichrist. That's the mark of the beast. That is the, the place of no return where Paul speaks about going over to a reprobate mind. Because unfortunately, some will not believe. And some will follow everything that is Antichrist. And, I'm and, trying and, to remember the part of it, but and, and and I'm trying to go back and look at it, but it seemed like there was something about knowledge of the of taking the mark more than just you know knowing that it was more than just a a barcode, like you say, JJ. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying everything is, you know, the mark of the beast, but it seemed to me that there was a a knowledge in the choice that you were making. Well, th well, think about it. If, if you if you make a conscious decision. Hey, this stuff ain't for me. You you've done that. You've you've committed yourself. I mean, but, 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 but see, that, that part to me is, is kind of like, uh, I, I think we may have talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I, and I, and I think either you or JJ brought it up about the, about the unpardonable sin and how people are so worried about that and right. so on and so forth. Well, well let, me, let, let me enlighten everybody. If you have, if you are worried about it, if you have committed the unpardonable sin, I'll just go ahead and tell you, you haven't. <laughs> that's fair. So, so that, that's what I'm saying. But you know, this, this whole thing about the mark of the beast, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a rejection of Christ. That's the only important part of that that we need to know. What is the mark of the beast? 
Who knows? What was the mark of Cain? I'm not sure. I mean, people can speculate, but it's not in Holy Scripture exactly what it was. But the point is, is Cain killed his brother. In the book of the Revelation, he's talking about people that have accepted Antichrist and have refused Christ. So I would say the mark of the beast is the rejection. I don't know. It's not there. It doesn't say what the mark of the beast is, actually. Uh, well, I don't even. I, I mean, I, it doesn't I, I give an image, but here, you well, know, here's. I don't even what it, think it says. Yeah. What it does say is that. All right, so. I'll start the, the verse before it. Okay. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Okay. So immediately you get the idea that if you're not going to worship this beast, right. you're going to die. You and I think that's time. where you get the whole, they know what they're choosing. Because right. it's choose the beast or choose death. And he caused all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand okay. or in their foreheads. And no man might buy or sell save that he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. So it is a thing. Now, unless it's all metaphor or allegory or something like that that's possible but it speaks of it as a thing and it speaks of it as you should recognize if you're getting the mark of the beast it's of the beast that you're worshiping because you've chosen to worship this beast per the phrase before that that's what i'm saying jj it's it's like if you're if you're getting the mark of the beast it's because you you know where you're headed, right? You know the choice that you've making in order you've made in order to get it. And see, it's it's not something we're going to stumble onto. Well, no, it, I mean, could it be a barcode? Sure, it could, <clears throat> well, but it would that's... be a specific barcode that you've chosen to get because you know that it is the beast's barcode, not just the technology or a chip implant or whatever. Well, see, that's that's the reason why I. I tell people all the time, and and it goes right along with with what you just said. Also, the, this this mark, so to speak. Uh, do we know exactly what it is? Not exactly, but when it talks about the right hand, if you if you understand in scripture what the right hand means, it means the hand of power. If it gets it on your forehead, that's talking about wisdom and 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 knowledge. Okay, so we all have the capability of choosing and making a right decisions. Would you agree? Yes. And so that's why I tell everyone in and you can you can always go back to the book of Genesis where where Abraham told them to get rid of 
idols, right? And and but but yet some of them kept idols, and it and it crushed the whole camp. Well, let's fast forward to even today's time. If 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 there is if there is anything, thing, or any person, okay, that keeps you from having a relationship with God, they have become a God, or that thing has become a God to you. So you can you can mm -hmm. reckon that and reconcile that as a mark of the beast that you have chosen death well here's a question instead of and, life and, to and, where you think you have chosen life instead of death right for you jj on this the next verse after this uh here's wisdom let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast for the number of the man is that of a man and his number is 666 so this that is the last one i read out of nasb that's what i usually get the first i read out of king james um you're saying that that actually was a mistranslation that should basically be nero yes yeah. it is a name Nidunkasaw. and the way it works is that so all of the Christian New Testament was written in Koine Greek, which is simplistic Greek. And that's because of the fact that um, the speakers of who wrote this stuff were not native Greek speakers. They spoke the lingua fracra of the day, of the region, which was Aramaic. And Aramaic uses Hebrew letters. And when you're dealing with the Hebrew Fidel, every letter has a numerical value to it and so they put all this within greek letters but you really have to go back to the hebrew lettering to figure out what the numerical value is and that would definitely be if you wrote it with a holum it would be 666 if you wrote it without a holum it would be 616. But yeah, okay. it's, it's a number, not a, it's a name, not a number. And that can only translate to one one name. Correct. All right. So that would imply that this was you're suggesting this was Nero of the day, right? Yeah. In fact, when it gives the number, it is Nidon Kasal. It's not a number at all. So if this was Nero. And if so, if Nero is the beast, then are the mark of the beast is literally what coinage of Nero or something along those lines? Is this some allegiance to Nero that's being implied here? Well, he he's speaking of the of the past tense of Nero as yes, well. Yes, I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying, and, right? And, and, so, and see, he, he, he's the influence and the, and the bondage that Nero kept people into. That's, he's, he's speaking of okay. that as well. Let me say it differently. Okay. Is this essentially saying allegiance to the Roman Empire? which Nero was the representative of, right? 
I believe that he is using it that once again as an allegory of future things. Uh, in speaking of the book of Revelation, re remember I said that Revelation's broke down in three things, the past, the present, and the future. And this, this 666, which represents the reign of, of Nero and the bondage that he had the people into, he is speaking of that in the future as well, that yes, there will be times where we're going to have to make a choice. We, we're either going to we're either going to follow this new Nero or we're not. Hence the fact that the Holy Scripture says, I believe it was Peter that said, uh, that there comes times where we have to follow God instead of man. Well, uh, to, to go back to what go David ahead, was saying, there is a there was a definite belief that early Christians thought that Nero was the herald of the end times. Yes. He treated Christianity and demonized Christians. And really, it's not even Christian. It's the Jewish sect that believe in Christ. The word Christian hadn't come up yet for a long time after that. Uh, so, But they definitely believe that Nero was going to be the herald of the end times. So that is, I mean, I'm not even sure you can even say future Nero. This is about current day Nero and his practices. Yes. So you view this, JJ, as a, a past tense portion of Revelation. I do. And, and so there's two ways you can take Revelation to me. You can either put it solely within the time period in which it was written in and isolate it only to that, or you can take the concepts and ideals written therein and make it all symbology. Like, to me, I believe that whatever is written by the school that produced this, and no, it's not a single writer that did this. It was a school. I would definitely say that there is a vision to be communicated. How it was done so, it was done through metaphors, similes, etc. Through complete symbolic interpretations which is why you can cross apply these symbols to so many different things there's a big movement that i've seen a few people try to make now of claiming that the four horsemen are actually greek gods and you know it and you can easily make that argument because there's a lot of ambiguity they're not named except for the last one which is death the other ones are just described as symbols and a lot of this does take a lot of greek imagery in order to do that so anyway long-winded rant there sorry <laughs> no 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 I, short well, question and then father mike you can just mute my channel and smack me down if i take it too far but you said something interesting jj so you don't think this was one person why is that, and who do you think it was? So, just like the book of John, the book of John has been pretty firmly established that it was a school of writers and not just John who wrote the book. 
same thing here. Uh, it's a pretty common practice that you would have a group of individuals that would contribute to this thing. Was there a John? Yes. Did he probably take the absolute lead in writing this? Yes. But there are other textual clues in the book that make it seem like it came from more than one individual. I know one of the individuals was Theopolis, and I forget who was with Theopolis, but yes, it, 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 it was more than one writer. Okay, so what you said there at the end, though, JJ, was interesting, or maybe in the middle, that John may have led the writing, but there Correct. were multiple people who did the writing. Yes. So... This is the sort of the outcome is still the same. It's still John's you have, work. You have, you have to remember he just that. had some people yeah. write stuff for him, sort of like a ghostwriter, right? A scribe. You have yeah, to remember you, back yeah. in those days a, a we team had of scribes that were going at this. Okay, because when I hear that, and I've heard stuff similar to that before, it sort of implies that, well, this didn't have anything to do with John at all. Oh, no, no, this no. This is no. <laughs> a bunch of people got up and said, hey, let's write what we think John experienced, oh, no. right? So, yeah. okay. John cool. was speaking, but he had he had scribes writing. Okay. Yeah, you would have other contributors, but yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying that, you know, they attributed this falsely. That would fall into the realm of a of a pseudepigraphal work and no, I'm not making that claim at all. Okay, cool. I don't know where you want to go from there. I, I you know, I would no, I would no. love to at some point maybe have a a much more especially after taking the time to read through Revelation again, but a much more uh in depth breakdown of this idea of what's past current as of the time it was written and what's future because I think that 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 has bearing on this idea of the rapture, right? If there are terrible things to come in the last days, right? And this idea of uh, protecting the faithful from that is interesting. And, you know, the, the letter to Philadelphia, I mean, it's saying that it's, it's protecting them from something. Well, right. Well, who is the protector? Well, the only protector available to humankind is Jesus Christ. Christ. Right. Christ. That's okay. the, that's the so, only protector. See, see that, that is the reason. See, see, we have got to retrain our mind. We have to do as the Holy Scripture says, and, and that's, that's, allow the Holy Spirit to renew our mind, to renew mm -hmm. the way that we're thinking. Because unfortunately, uh, all five of us, the way we were raised is the book of the Revelation is full of gloom and doom. That is not the case. The book of the Revelation is actually a book of hope to know that regardless of what we're going through, we're, we're going if we are in Christ, we are going to overcome. And see, that is the very reason why St. Paul talks about this great mystery. 
that has been hidden from ages and generations, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That also, when you when you are looking at the book of Revelation, in your in your reading about these trials and tribulations that we're going to go through, and and it scares the snot out of us. Well, let's let's go back to the Sermon on the Mount. Let's talk about the Beatitudes, where Christ even discussed all these things, and even at the very last part of it. He, he talks about being persecuted. And he says, hey, so were the prophets before me, and so will you be. But the book of Revelation gives a promise to those that overcome. Now, what does that mean? Those that don't give up, those that don't quit, those that stay the race, those that finish the course. Can I make a strange comparison? Yes. And I, th I think it has to do with Christianity. It's, it's me. It's Victor. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, I always take things into weird areas. That's why we love you. <laughs> but I see a connection between the strong belief in a rapture and prosperity ministries. Yeah. Okay. And the, it's, not, it's not a an ideological connection. Although there's probably that too, but it's it's kind of one of okay. If I go to Joel Osteen's church, he promises that the Lord will provide material riches for me, and that I will be able to live a more comfortable life because of these material riches. If there is a rapture and horrible, horrible things come along, if I'm one of the chosen, if I'm one of the believers, that. I don't have to put up with all the horrible things that are going to happen. I get to escape all that. I mean, to, to me, when I read the Bible, there's nothing in the Bible promised to Christians that there's any kind of material advantage to being Christian. You know, it, it, <clears throat> there's, there's nothing in there. You know, there's nothing that you're going to have wealth. There's nothing that you're going to be free of persecution. There's nothing that says you're going to be free of pain. All it says is that not myself, but of Christ saying, I will be there with you. And that, that is the very reason why John Darby came up with this teaching, is to, is to make people believe that they, don't, they won't have to go through trials and tribulations. Am I really weird case, in thinking? Case in point. Ah, but it doesn't the, suggest that you don't have to go through any trials or tribulation. What it's saying is, is that if you Darby's remain faithful through from it. your life, mm -hmm. right, now that's, that's and what you're the there book of Revelation says, at though. the end, yeah. mm -hmm. then you will be saved from the worst of it. That's, that's what, what it is, is suggesting. But John Darby... His whole theory about the rapture is that we can uh, that we're going to escape from it all. Am I very weird in that I don't want to escape from it? But, I mean, no. if I if I were, I mean, but, if, if 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 the it was clear to me that okay, all the prophecies are coming true. Uh, this is the time of the tribulation. The Antichrist is here. Yeah, life might be very horrible, but 
I'd want to try to continue to live my life as I believe Christ wants me to live my life, even under those incredibly difficult and painful circumstances. Well, it 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 it, it, it kind of boils down to this. We are not going to understand every bit of this. I don't think we understand one percent of it. I mean, but, but but our our stance should be this: is that we learn how to hold fast to holy scriptures, that we hold fast to sacred traditions, and profess the Apostles' Creed. That is basically what was said in the Book of Acts, where it declared that. And they continued daily in the apostles' doctrine, the prayers, and the Lord's table. Mm-hmm. Now, the Apostles' Creed tells us that he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Mm-hmm. And on that day, the same Apostles' Creed continues, and I believe in the resurrection of the body. That's really what matters because the resurrection of the body to the souls of the faithful that's the true rapture Mm -hmm. if you want to talk about rapture and it happens on the last day of time as we know it when we enter into the ages of ages but until then we I believe we are to live our lives unto the Lord, loving him as we proclaim every Lord's day for those that are of the liturgical type to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And to argue or debate about whether the rapture is or is not, you know, that, that, it, that doesn't matter. Because, we, and see, that's why I said that on this channel I want us to discuss the hard things because when when people start getting into to discussions like this, except for us five, I mean, listen, let's go ahead and face it. If, if a Protestant and a Roman Catholic were trying to discuss this right now, it may be, it might come under fistful cuffs by now. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know very many Catholics who want to, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, but, but, but you, I, know, you know. Vic and I have conversations like this all the time. So. I love it. I love it. But, but I, he I, hasn't I, hit I, me once. Well, one of these days I'll get down to Florida and then it's pow, man. Yeah, he's going to save it all up. <laughs> save it all up. But, uh, can we sell tickets to that? <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want. I want. I want the front. JJ's ringside taking bets. I I do agree with what what David said earlier, and uh, you know th- this this whole discussion could go a lot further. And I, I think I, I think what I'll do is I will make a uh, a special episode. And we would have to do this in multiple ones, but uh, possibly, yeah. My 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 mentor is kind of like JJ. I've known him for over thirty years, and he was actually my seminary professor for many years. And uh, his name is Bob Wills, 
and he is a freaking walking theological encyclopedia. Right. And so I would love to get him and JJ together and just learn a wealth of knowledge about this book. Because, like I said, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I just wanted to point out the fact that I just wanted to bring up the whole rapture thing because it confuses a lot of people. Let me yeah. let me let me bring things. I'm gonna get. I promise, Dave. I'll let you Go ahead. talk again. Talk again. I, <clears throat> I always want to bring things back to the real world, the practical. Let's do it. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> so today, I'm lost I, in the twilight zone. Today, right now, I man. just walked around. <laughs> The, the closest big parking lot looking at I wanted to see if I could find Rapture bumper stickers <laughs> in the 70s and 80s you could you could and, I remember and, and, and what I found were a couple I found one saying in case of Rapture this car will be empty <laughs> and, nice and and I, I found several of those. And then I found a couple saying something along the lines of, man, I can't wait for the rapture because then all the pain in the butt Christians will be gone. Wow. <laughs> okay. And, you should have took pictures of that, man. <laughs> oh, I've got video after video and TikTok saved of people just praying that there was going to be a rapture just so all of the horrible, horrible Christians would be out of the picture. Would be out of the picture. Well, I mean, I guess that's the question I've got is what is the practical impact of a belief in the rapture on people's lives today? To escape problems. <clears throat> To escape you know, offenses. I'm not sure I agree with that. Okay. All right, so I can say I grew up with this idea of the rapture. Yeah, me too. And I don't think I ever looked at it as escapism. I don't think I ever looked at it as that. It just was part of what you were taught, right? Hey, if you're around at the end, this is what's going to happen. This is one of the benefits, right? right? This is one of the benefits of faith and belief and living a good Christian life is is that when the worst of it comes, hey, psh, you get to you get to take uh, you know, the business route. <laughs> right? <laughs> you get to, you get to go through the express line. You get the express line. <laughs> exactly, right? Oh, it, it's a pre-SA pre-check. TSA pre-check. Yeah, TSA, TSA exactly. pre-check. Right, yeah. Exactly. It doesn't mean you haven't gone through pain and suffering, right? Because mm-hmm. you would assume that you've gone through pain and suffering to keep the faith, right? Just to keep the faith up to that point. And the same pain and suffering that all of the dead have gone through in their lives. So maybe even worse towards the end. So I, I've never looked at it as like, oh, thank God. God, we have the rapture because I, you know, it would just be so unfair to have to deal with that at the end. It's just one of those things. And so I I don't look at it as like this negative thing that that I think you view it as. Uh, well, you you are that, one of the few listen that, that I've spoken to that look at it that way. I I I I often 
am am sort of amazed. I know JJ has some some different experiences. Vic has had some different experiences with Protestants, but I, for the most part, most of the Protestants that I know, this is family, this is friends, this is people in churches I went to. They were fairly biblical, right? Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't have looked at this as the easy out either. It just, it was. You know, hey, this is a great thing, right? Mm-hmm. Great gift from God, and that's that. I, I don't think any of them really, you know, I say any, but many of the people that I, I know back up in Virginia would be like that. I don't I don't think they would say, you know, look at it as, boy, good thing we get the easy road. <laughs> right? And boy, yeah. it's a good thing I've got, you know, my uh my toll box is filled up, right? You know, for the express line. And, well, uh, I, I would agree with what you just said, David. I mean, in the Southern Baptist churches that I attended as a kid, it really wasn't discussed all that much, but it was never... It was something that was always going to be a joyful event, but it wasn't one that was, you know, a get-out-of-jail-free card, I would say. That's a great way to put it. It It was considered a joyful event. You're right. But I will also say that... You know, uh, Father Burton, I'm glad that you did this episode because it is bringing up kind of the heretical nature of what the rapture is. And I would say that, and I'm not trying to be down on anyone or anything, but this is not the first piece of heresy that I have ran across when dealing with some more far-out Protestant sects. Um, I have mentioned this on my own podcast way back when, but I went to a church that was a missionary-driven church, and... Some very weird teachings. Yeah. What, What kind of teachings were they? So I remember we had just come back from Detroit, Michigan, where we had spent a couple of weeks there, and the pastor gathered everyone around and uh brother billy maybe what's his name anyway it doesn't matter uh but this man sat us down and told us that you know every one of y'all has a guardian angel first of all tell me where it says that in the bible and i will give you a free qp prize but he said okay and if you do not live a saintly life and make it into heaven then your guardian angel will be exiled into limbo forever and you have other souls riding on you and that's why you have to be a good member of this church and I heard that, and that was, even though I was in high school, I most certainly was not a theologian. I still don't claim to be. Uh, but I'm like, yep, that's the last time I'm going to y'all. Because that is, even then I knew that was crazy. 
I was, I'm pretty you sure you condemned your angel to limbo. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your your angel is so lonely right now. Yeah, um, and, and that is not you an know, overall statement of Protestantism at all. This was an abhorrent individual that right. belonged to one particular sect. So please don't take my statements to be a a universal fact. It no. is not well, at all. I just want to point out that it's interesting that. I hear you each have a guardian angel frequently from Catholic sources. I do too. And Definitely I, I, not from Protestants. Uh, I don't. I've never been in any Protestant church who has mentioned guardian angels at all. I, I agree with you. Um, no, I would agree with that too. And, but but I I listen to several Catholic uh, podcasts where they mention it, and and some who who actually talked about what you're talking about, uh, who one that said, you know, listen, you're, you know, your guardian angel, you get condemned to hell. They, they go back to God and, you know, they, they move on. Um, so they even have their own theory about how that works. But, uh, that's a concept that is, is foreign to me that there's I that many angels how, out there. Same here. I just want to know how man how the race of man has the ability to damn an angel. Oh, we, yeah, yeah. That is heretical even in... Yeah, even that's heretical. Only Bern- missionary men. Only missionary <laughs> <laughs> Father Bernstein, I'm happy you did this episode because if you guys haven't noticed, I've been more quiet than I normally am, but that's because I don't have more to contribute. I'm really pretty darn ignorant in this area of, of theology area of, of knowledge well so that I, means i've got stuff i've got to learn well i mean i mean like i said of course i don't claim to know it all and and i and i've got to be honest tonight and say that there was a few times that as we kind of say in the south sometimes you caught me with my pants down because <laughs> okay. i was not prepared <laughs> Well, uh, I've done my job. Exactly right. It was, don't give me the, that imagery. I don't need that. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, I think that goes for everybody participating. <laughs> that would be accurate. Both ways. I mean, I mean, well, listen, you know. Me, in fact, I would, you know, whenever I do sell, whenever we do sell tickets to this fight between Vic and David, um, Father Burson will be the ringleader. I'll be the one in the bikini holding up the round numbers. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there we go. Oh. But no, I do have one topic to bring up, and it doesn't have to be now, but I would be really curious as to your perspective on this Father Bird song. When it describes the angels of the throne, Uh I have real problems with those descriptions. And that's because... To me, now, to take this in a more positive light, Mm -hmm. they are attempting to evolve the idea of the cherubim and combine all the types of angels mentioned in the Hebrew Bible into one singular set of entities. 
but or you could take it in the other way that it could be all symbolic but the ancient understanding of these angels are you've got the cherubim which are the they make up the living throne and they are traditionally depicted as four-legged animals with a human head you've got the seraphim which are literally the only the, the word translates to fire um to, to the fiery ones the ones that are burning but in all the other areas of the hebrew bible those are uh, fire serpents fire snakes and you actually find frescoes of that within some uh, Phoenician temples of the same time period. And then you've got the theraphim, which are really not angels, but they are an additional layer upon the throne to make it look like a true chariot in Ezekiel. Uh, uh, you know, I would be curious to know your thoughts on how these, these th angels of the throne are depicted within Revelation. I tell you what we'll do. Uh, am I there? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Everything went quiet on me all of a sudden. Well, we were just waiting for you to hear what you uh, had to say. I tell you what, in January, uh, give me till January, and we will tackle that subject. Sounds about, good. To me. About angels. Go ahead and write that down, Josh, and uh, uh, let's let's get started on research. I, I I have some knowledge right now, but there's no way. I, I if I was to start talking about that right now, JJ, I would make an ass out of myself. So I don't want to do that. Welcome uh, to my world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we will. We will. Yeah, let's. Uh, that's a. That's a. That's another great subject, and I'll be looking forward to it. Um, but let me let me go back to Vic once more. Okay. And uh, he has been very quiet, but I know, I know, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I just know that you got some things running through your mind right now. Give me your thoughts about this. How, whole do, thing. how do you know that? <laughs> I just know it. <laughs> well, look, <clears throat> sometimes I compare my faith to other people. Mistake other pe number one. Well, no, no, it's, it's not a, it's not, I'm not, not in a negative way. I'm just trying to figure okay. out wh why my faith seems to be so different from many people that I run into. I mean, there are a lot of people f for whom this questions like this, will there be a rapture? Is there a mark of the beast? These are really important issues to them. I mean, very important issues. I mean, there, Dave's right. There are people who would, you know, go to fists. Exactly. About this sort of stuff. <clears throat> in my mind, I place a whole bunch of things in the category of, look, Victor, it doesn't matter how hard you work. You're not ever going to know this. Exactly. <laughs> you're not ever, but see, ever. That that goes for everyone. Yeah, you're not ever going to know this. So stop worrying about it. 
Exactly. You know, worry about those things that you can know and that you, that you can address. And that's that signal. All the rest of the stuff is noise to me. And I try to minimize my time spent dealing with noise. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure many people think that, oh, that just makes you theologically lazy or, you know, any of that. And they may be they may be correct. But <clears throat> I guess I feel like a lot of the world spends a lot of time dealing with noise. Yep. Yep. Well, I think that to your point at the the very beginning, Father Mike, we make things complicated. It, mm -hmm. Exactly right. But but here's the thing. It is complicated. It's not that we're making it complicated. You got a point. It, it, All right. This is what I know. I know what I learned in Sunday school and church and youth programs and all of that growing up. Um, again, didn't really read the Bible back then, but I know what I was taught. I know the stories and the basics. And then I know what I gleaned from the Bible when I read it for myself, beginning to end. And even since doing that, I have learned so much mm -hmm. in discussions with Vic, JJ, yourself, George, others. I have learned a lot, and I have listened to a ton of podcasts. And here's the thing. You can say that it's simple, but the only way it's simple is that if I look at you, Father Michael Birdsong, and I say, I trust everything that you say. Oh, don't do that. And therefore, <laughs> I'm pinning my salvation on you. Exactly. Okay. And this is what the vast majority of people do. Exactly right. right? And then when you fail them, when you let them down— they become disillusioned with Christianity, and they leave. Exactly You right. get enough pastors that let them down, they leave the religion altogether, right? They become, you know, agnostic or, you know, even worse, atheist, atheist or, or go some other route. They become a New Age Wicca, whatever combo practitioner. Most people don't have the time or take the time to do the research that I've done on this in the past four or five, six years. Mm -hmm. And I still don't understand a lot of it. There are still issues that I still am hung up on when it comes to Mary. When it comes to the saints, right? You guys know my triggers, right? God, I can't believe I use the word trigger. Um, you guys know my sticking points, right? That that generally I have with my faith and the reason that I'm not Catholic right now. Um, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about these things. So it's not easy. Not all of us have a Harvard education. Right. And understand multiple languages. Not all of us went to seminary. And then all of you guys that did go to Harvard and did go to seminary, y'all don't all agree. So who the heck do we trust? Right. 
so we're you know we're stuck with either whatever pastor is is on the street corner you know in the church that's nearest us or we're stuck with whatever podcaster we listen to or whatever book we've picked up and that's all we have time to do it's it's a complex thing now the rapture is an interesting topic because i i tend to agree with you right there's there's nothing there in terms of necessity for salvation does it change your faith does it make a big difference whether you believe in the rapture or not i don't think it does right do you believe that the eucharist is the body of christ oh that's one of our topics now that's a big one right i still am sort of in the position of i'm not sure it affects me one way or the other and and you and i we'll talk about that when the time comes but i don't think it it hurts my core faith whether it is or whether it isn't i still believe in christ I still believe in the way to salvation and whether it's a beautiful ceremony that's in remembrance or whether it is physically turned into the body and blood of Christ doesn't change that. Um, but these, these things are complicated and I know that was sort of a, a rant, but no, no, these no. are complicated issues. That that's what I was looking for tonight though. I mean, we can put rapture on the back burner, but the whole point of tonight was to not only talk about that because what matters is Christ himself, okay? Agreed. But to also bring up these other topics and these other things that we want to know more about. Now, will we ever know everything about it at all? No. 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 But it it brings about a good discussion to what I hope and what is my vision of, the, of this podcast is to is to dissolute any faults of expectations of the gospel, but to strengthen the gospel within us. Does that make sense to you? I, I want, I want to, I want to strengthen us, and not take us backwards, because of different ideas. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. And 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 I I think you know, like I say, the point you made earlier, the point is Christ. It's not the rapture. Exactly. I get that, right? See, first thing first, focus on what's important. But you can't turn around and say, well, the rapture's irrelevant whether it's in Scripture or not, because it is an interesting thing that has been put together out of reading Scripture. Mm -hmm. And there are lots of puzzle pieces in the Bible that are interesting. That uh, yeah. don't change, you know, whether or not you believe in Christ. And and that's why I always go back to if you guys have never read the story about these two, please do. Uh but Wesley and Whitfield 
research them. They disagreed on many things, but they had one common goal, and they learned how to agree to disagree. And that's how they turned this whole country around in the early 1700s before we became a nation. And uh, it's, it's, it, 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 it's quite a beautiful story. And uh, it's a story that I appreciate. JJ, you're mighty quiet over there. No, I'm just listening, honestly. Okay. You got any final words? Um, no, I think my final words were saying I'm glad that you did this episode because I, I learned. Uh, I most certainly am not the end-all, be-all. Uh, knowledge holder on this topic or any particular topic and I have and going back to what you know Vic has said before I did get to go to Harvard none of my professors agreed on anything now there are some sort of standard items which are agreed upon and more rigorous you know academic commentaries upon individual books but in academia, everyone is highly specialized in what they do. And no one has a full picture of everything, except for maybe some extremely talented individuals that were able to continue their studies even after getting out of their degree programs. But, but even academics don't have the end-all be-all uh, knowledge of all of these things and it does at the end of the day it requires a lot of faith but the last thing i was going to say and this is actually what i was trying to think of as i was rambling is a lot of people and this is just kind of again human nature is people will accept they will accept as truth those things which they ran across first uh it's true when we are kids you know our parents told us something and we accept that as oh that's the way that the world is and it takes a lot to dissuade from that if you find out that well maybe that's not quite right or maybe there's a lot more nuance than what we learned and but this goes on into a lot of different areas so if you happen to run across the way that the world is presented from one individual it's really hard to kind of dissuade your, your mind because that has become a part of your worldview as a part of your historicity. So maybe, you know, it is best to be able to live a life where you are constantly questioning and trying to seek out the best answers. It doesn't mean that you can't rely upon subject matter experts, but I would say it is absolutely not the best idea to take someone's opinion on it, especially if they have a financial stake at risk in doing so. To put it nicely. So. <laughs> this is why you have to indoctrinate your kids when they're young. You give them that opinion early 
and then they'll keep it. Problem is, is I keep changing my mind. <laughs> well, fortunately, I don't really have any strong opinions about any particular topic. <laughs> <laughs> you are such a comedian. That's that would crazy. be accurate. <laughs> Y'all bring out the best in me. What can I say? <laughs> there you go. Um, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a final statement, uh, but I want to ask you guys if y'all can hang around for 10 minutes and let me ask y'all a personal question. Of course. Well, I appreciate everyone joining us tonight, and uh, I appreciate everyone that has been involved in uh, this conversation, especially uh, uh, Victor Masson from Trailer Trash Terrors and David Griffith and J.J. Johnson from Southern Demonology and all the Paranormal Rundown Dork Crew. And uh, this has been a great topic, and we, uh, we're we only going to build from here. But I would ask our listeners that if anyone is, is listening to please, please comment and uh, uh, please ask questions. And if there's any topic that anyone wants the uh, five, well, six of us to uh, discuss at any time. We'll, we'll discuss it. Will we get it right? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, probably a little bit of both. But uh, I would encourage everyone to, uh, to uh, give feedback and let us know how we're doing. And feel free to leave any comment. Uh, every one of you have a great night. And the Lord bless you.